This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Before I get started, I would like to give a very special shout out to the reform members of Back to Ashes, Tina Mead, Corpse Lover 450, Gwen Haley, Mana Ash, Normie DW, Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, Patty's niece, Samantha Place, and Interscare Wifey. The rest of the Back to Ashes membership can be seen right here on your screen. If you would like to become a member of Back to Ashes or would like to buy me a coffee, all of that information can be found below in the description. Now, with all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes, for when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Disturbing Break-In Stories. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that, there will be no more ads within this video. I was staying overnight at a friend's house back when I was in junior high. We heard some noise coming from behind the equipment shed and thought someone may be trying to steal tools. I grabbed a baseball bat and flashlight while he picked up a hockey stick. We decided it would be best to sneak up on whoever was back there. As we rounded the corner, I aimed the flashlight at the presumed thief. To our surprise, two glowing eyes stared right back at us. After a few terrified moments, it dawned on me that I was staring into the face of a mountain lion, one that was standing less than ten feet away. I kept the flashlight trained on the mountain lion as we slowly backed around the corner again. We then ran like hell back into the house and sat down shaking for several minutes. The messed up thing is, I live in Vermont. They are supposed to be extinct up here. This was 12 years ago. Maybe some still survived back then. When I was about 14, my parents left me alone overnight for the very first time. I grew up in a small farming community, so my parents really had nothing to worry about. They left, and I decided to take an awesome bubble bath and paint my nails like all girls everywhere do. While I was in the bath, I heard our back door open. I thought I was hearing things, and besides, I had locked all the doors per my mom's orders. But then I heard the kitchen floor's squeaky spot. I didn't know what to do, so I just went under the bubbles and left my head out. I saw two shoes through the crack between the door and the floor. I could hear a person breathing. They stood there for about 30 seconds and then walked away. I heard the door slam, but 
I didn't move. I just stayed there until the water was freezing, and I cried. Then I got out, called my grandma, and checked the doors. The back door was unlocked, and the lock hadn't been messed with or broken. Later that week, we learned that a man was breaking into farmhouses. A few years ago, my husband worked night shift. He typically got home at around 6 a.m. He worked a 45-minute drive away. One night, I decided to let my two kids watch a movie in my bed on the laptop. It was already fairly late, around 10 p.m., so I figured they'd fall asleep and they could just stay in my bed that night. I locked up the whole house. Everybody got ready for bed and we started the movie. About 40 minutes into it, I heard someone walk through the dining room. My room is directly off the dining room and it has hardwood flooring, so it's pretty easy to hear footsteps. I leave the dining room light on for my husband, so I had my door closed almost all the way, save for an inch to block the light. I figured he'd come home early and continued watching the movie. After five minutes of hearing someone walk back and forth across the dining room and he hadn't come in, I decided to find out what was up. We paused the movie. I told the kids to stay put and opened the door. The footsteps immediately stopped and nobody was there. I looked all over the house, checked every window, closet, and outside door. Everything was still locked and nothing was out of place. Then I heard a meow and laughed at myself for freaking out over my cat until I walked into the kitchen to feed him and he was sitting outside on the back porch. The door was still locked. Then my husband called from work, 45 minutes away. He said to make sure I locked up because a neighbor had their house broken into a couple streets over earlier that day. I lost it and started crying. I was truly terrified. One night, when I was 11 years old, I was watching TV with my two older sisters, 13 and 15 at the time. Our parents were out late at a party, but being home alone was nothing new to us. Just before 1 a.m., our dog stood up and left the family room and began to stare out the back door of the kitchen, just off the family room. A minute later, he went absolutely crazy. It was not the typical barking sound or the growling at a stranger, cat, etc. It was an insane mixture of incredibly loud barking and wild animal growling, the sound one would make in a truly life or death situation. This, of course, freaked the shit out of us. We went to our dog to comfort him, and after 20 seconds of discussion of what the hell was going on, we decided we had better secure the house as quickly as possible. It was a large house with many doors and windows to check. We all ran frantically to lock up everything as quickly as possible. The last door I got to was the garage door. A split second after locking it, 
I put my hand around the handle to verify it was locked and felt someone from the other side viciously shaking the handle, pushing, trying to open the door. We, of course, made quite a few phone calls within the next few minutes. The memory of feeling that violent shaking, knowing the person my dog freaked out about, was one foot for me on the other side, creeps the shit out of me still to this day. I was 14, and my family had just moved to a big and kind of run-down farmhouse that was kind of creepy but cheap to rent. The closest neighbors were pretty far away, and a cornfield surrounded most of our property. One night, at around 2 a.m., I woke up to the light in the hallway going on. I'm a really light sleeper, by the way. A few minutes later, my dog starts whining outside my door and scratching to be let in. I get up and let him in, and he crawls under my bed to sleep. He does this sometimes, but had never woken me up to be let in before. I was a little weirded out, but also pretty tired, so I fell back asleep without much thought. I wake up again a little while later to my bedroom door creaking. I see fingers wrapped around the side of the door as it is slowly being pushed open. In a half-asleep kind of stupor, I ask who it is, and a man clearly trying to imitate a woman assures me that he is my mother, just checking on me. I keep saying, No, no you're not, you don't sound like my mother. And he keeps reassuring me that he is. I obviously am not fully awake yet, or I would have noticed how creepy and weird this exchange was. Suddenly, the door starts being pushed even further open, and the hand pushes through the door, followed by an arm, and I realize the person is coming into my bedroom. I start freaking out and screaming when I realize what is happening. My dog jumps out from under my bed and lunges at the door causing the person to shut it quickly and not allowing me to see his face or anything at all. By this time, my mom has woken up from my screaming and starts yelling to me, asking if I'm okay. She comes down the hall to my room and says that she saw a big figure with stockings on his head standing outside my door. My mom started screaming then too, and the person ran down the back staircase of our house which had a door and simply looked like a closet, so they had prior knowledge of its existence, apparently, or they waited to hide in the closet, and then ran out the back door into the cornfield. Nothing in my house was stolen, and there was no evidence that the person that had broken in wanted anything other than to come into my room. I don't think I've been the same since this happened and I still feel incredibly anxious even thinking about it. This happened about a year ago. My fiancé and I live in a two-story house with my dog Benny. One night, he goes downstairs at about 3 in the morning, presumably to go to the bathroom. All of a sudden, he starts freaking out. 
He never barks at night, so I immediately go to see what the problem is. He's barking and hopping around at the doggy door, which is swaying like something just went through it. The doggy door leads to a small side yard, which is basically just a dog run. Now I thought, there's a 50-50 chance that it was just the wind, or maybe he just pawed at it before I came down. Anyways, my fiancé is now scared shitless, so I grab a flashlight and put on shoes, and go out into the front yard. I look around. Nothing. I flash my light in the side yard. Nothing. Weird. I go back to the front door to tell Benny to shut the fuck up and go back to sleep. Something in my mind screams, stop. I pause. I listen. Something in my mind is screaming at me to check the side yard again. I walk around to the front of the side yard via the front yard. And this time, I slowly sweep the pitch black side run with my flashlight. Pressed up against the wall like a f***ing slug is a middle-aged white guy dressed in complete black, like he's crawling along the edge of a 20-story building. He's staring straight at me, his eyes gleaming from the light of my flashlight. My mind goes into flight or fight. What the f*** are you doing in my yard? He walks towards me. We're currently separated by a large gate that sections the dog run from the front yard. I just got lost, man. Let me out. I'm just lost. I was looking for... Stacy's house. I start to think, let me out? I puzzle it out quickly. Benny had been jumping the fence of our dog run, so we installed extra high fence posts along the gate and side. It effectively makes it impossible to open the gate from inside. So once he was in our dog run, he was essentially in a prison you. You're not going anywhere. I tell my fiancé to call the cops. About this time, I realize he's pissed drunk. When he figures out I'm not letting him go, he throws his body against my wooden fence until several posts snap and he stumbles down the street. The cops found him two hours later. He was stumbling around in an elementary school parking lot without his pants on. They never found the pants. When I was six and my brother was eight, we had a room in a townhome with a shared wall. Creepy things would happen in that room, mainly due to our imagination. We once had a friend who was a black widow spider that would come out at night and hang out in the corner by the door. We would talk with it and make up stories about what it did during the day. Anyway, one night we were trying to get to sleep, but we kept hearing a pounding on the wall. We let it happen for a while before we screamed for our mom. She was disheveled at the time and came into the room and said, What? We explained to her that there was a repeated banging against the wall, but when she came into the room, it stopped. She said that it was just the wind. Keep in mind, this was a very likely explanation due to the fact that it was monsoon season in Arizona. She said she would come in and check on us in a bit. That evening was a difficult one for her. 
she was breaking up with her boyfriend due to his drug abuse issues. So, dealing with creepy sounds was not on the top of her to-do list. Not five minutes after she left, the banging continued. This time, louder, closer somehow. I screamed again and ran out into the living room. My mom was standing in a very defensive posture, with tears streaming down her face, and her boyfriend looked very angry. He grunted and immediately left. When outside and in his car, he held down on the horn on his car for a good minute before finally leaving. I guess it was his rage quit. She was so relieved when he left and made sure to lock the door and the bolt and the chain. She brought me back to our room where my brother said that the sound stopped once I screamed and left the room. My mom sat in the room with us and talked to us until we fell asleep. There was no more banging that night, and in the morning, my mom woke us up early and set us down in the living room. This was something that never happened. She didn't mention the breakup with her boyfriend. There was something else more pressing. Our doorknob was busted and unlocked, and someone had scraped at our bolt lock. There was a half dozen police outside. She explained to us that the neighbors had been broken into, and they had tried to get into our house as well. Luckily, for our additional security measures, the bolt lock and chain, they couldn't get in. She brought us over to talk with the neighbors. We played with the kids next door a lot, and they happened to be staying at their grandmother's that night for a sleepover. We walked around their house to see that everything was gone, and I do mean everything. Even their food had been stripped from their cabinets. One thing became apparent during our tour of the house. They were avoiding their living room. There were many police there and interviewing the mom. When we finally got to the living room, we found out why. The wall of their living room was connected to our bedroom. There was an indent in the wall about six feet in diameter and maybe a foot deep. It turns out that the robbers were trying to break into our house through our shared wall. They broke into three other houses that night via the front door, but none of the others had bolt locks. Somehow, the robbers thought it would be easier to chisel through the wall than to get through the bolt lock. What they weren't prepared for was the fact that our particular unit was added after the other units. The shared wall was actually a solid brick exterior wall, unlike all the other shared walls in the complex. They had spent hours trying to get through when they could have easily just busted down the door. After that day, my mom never told us that a noise was just the wind ever again. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This isn't really scary or creepy for me, but it certainly is surreal. 
Many years ago, when I was about 21, I was staying at my parents' place after finishing uni and figuring out what to do with my life. During those halcyon days, I often went out in the evening to party and would come back at unearthly hours and on return would creep in as quietly as possible as my parents being very light sleepers. One fine midnight hour, I did just this having arrived at the house under the swell of a crescent moon, carefully tiptoeing up the gravel drive, gently turning the key in the lock, patting my way to the spare bedroom and tenderly pushing the door shut. Somewhat pissed and continuing to remain in the spirit of night camouflage, I kept the light off and stood behind the door and slowly started to get undressed. Having pulled my top off, I suddenly became aware in the gloom that the door behind me seemed to be opening on its own accord. Remaining calm, I stopped undressing and found myself naturally moving back behind the door as it opened mysteriously into the room. Assuming it was my mom or dad, there was no one else in the house, and being admittedly still quite pissed as the door opened, I dutifully craned my neck around and uttered, in a slightly theatrical but friendly voice, Hello. From that point onwards, all hell broke loose. For all I could hear in the darkness following my greeting was screaming and shrieking at high decibel levels, and the sound of crashing madness in the hallway. I quickly turned on the bedroom light and sprang into the hallway only to be met by more screams. Screams of horror, terror, sheer, unmitigated madness. As I looked down the hallway, I saw my mother stark naked. A somewhat rotund woman with enormous boobs. Facing me transfixed with fear on her face, falling backwards into the cupboards along the hallway as she flailed her arms in terror, and only screaming louder upon my apparent presence. Her madness combined with her short-sightedness was clearly such that she could no longer recognize me, and I had, in her mind, become some kind of nightmarish intruder who, despite a friendly hello at one in the morning, coming from her son's bedroom, was not enough to trigger some much-needed familiarity. It was really strange. For a good 15 seconds, I stood there saying, Mom, it's me, only to have her go into another thunderous bout of terror and screaming. All the commotion obviously woke up my dad, and the scene ended with him emerging from the master bedroom, bleary-eyed and bewildered with dressing gown on naked wife hyperventilating against the closet doors, and confused drunken son in boxer shorts looking at him with a sense of desperation and resolute hilarity. Scary for my mom, extremely surreal for me. For a little background, I'm a 27-year-old female and I recently just moved into a nice apartment in a safe neighborhood with my two dogs, Charles and Wigwam. Charles is a corgi German Shepherd mix and is the most loving but overly obnoxious dog, while Wigwam is a Lhasa Apso who is quiet, sweet, and most definitely scared shitless of his own shadow. 
I've only been in my new place for about a month, and after this experience, I highly doubt I'm going to make it here for the duration of my year-long lease. The way these apartments are set up is that each floor has its own set of doors that lead to four apartments, and a fire escape door that only opens from the inside. I'm on the backside of the building, which places my patio about 10-ish feet from the fire escape stairs. I take my dogs out three times a day, midnight being the latest I will go out by myself. And every time I leave my apartment, I put the bar lock on my patio door and lock my front door without fail. About a week ago, we had a snowstorm and I had cracked my patio door because, well, I love cold weather and I'm a f- adult and if I want to watch the snowfall, then I can do as I please. Mistake number one, I let my guard down because I'm a stubborn twat. It was around 11 p.m., and I decided that since it was getting late, I should take the dogs out for the night, and since they both hate snow, this would be a quick trip. I go to lock the patio door and decide against it because I'm on the freaking fifth floor, and I'm only going to be outside for a few minutes. I get the dogs ready, grab my keys, and lock my door as I leave the apartment. I get down to the designated pet area with my beloved snow-hating dogs and let them do their thing, and then back to the apartment we go, and we get back in safely. Or so I thought. This is where I thought I was losing my mind, but in actuality, shit was about to get very real. As soon as we walk into the apartment, my dogs run over to the patio door, and I notice the door is shut and the bar is locked. Mistake number two. I immediately think that's strange, but didn't connect the dots. I go into the kitchen to get dog treats, and both dogs start going batshit crazy and growling at the large cedar chest in my living room. And as I'm walking to see what all the commotion is about, I see a pair of eyes creeping from under the chest lid. I stood there for about five seconds before I realized what I was seeing, and calmly walked backwards to my front door opened it, and told my dogs, let's go outside, and they ran out, without leashes, and I immediately get them and myself in my car, lock the doors, and call the police. The police show up in less than five minutes, and they go up to my apartment, and after about 20 minutes, two officers are dragging a 40-ish year old f***tard out of my building in cuffs, and the plot thickens. This dude had been watching me since I moved in and had been stalking out my place, waiting for an opportunity to get inside because he knew I lived alone. If that's not creepy enough already, he had a fanny pack since it's still 1990 and he had a pocket knife, needles, ketamine, and a picture of me from the day I moved in and his plan was to sneak in through my patio door, wait for me to fall asleep, and God knows what else. Needless to say... I didn't sleep for days because I thought he would come back. Luckily, the bastard is still in jail, but I'll never forget those eyes. So, to the dude who planned on drugging me in my sleep, you. Here's a good one for all of you that incorporates the true monsters around us. A couple years ago, my boyfriend and I went on an impromptu road trip. We packed up the car and the dogs and drove up to the far northern California redwoods. I was somewhat familiar with the area from the time I was a kid, 
and it seemed very adventurous, just heading out without a true destination in mind. A couple nights in, we ended up meeting up with a friend of a friend, grabbing some drinks, and she invited us to crash at her house for the night. We happily took her up on the offer, because it saved us from dropping money on a motel or trying to find a campus spot. She lived in a super cool-looking old Victorian house. Our friend normally had six roommates, including several guys, but since it was summertime and most of them were students, it was only her and another female roommate, plus us, for the night. We drank some beers and hung out and then went to crash. Both roommates were upstairs, and my boyfriend and I, with our dogs, were crashing on a futon downstairs in a room that was right in front of the house, off the front door. It was kind of a sitting room with a fireplace and big bay windows looking out to the front yard, which had a good cover of bushes. We both fell asleep easily and were in deep sleep until we were suddenly awakened by the doorbell ringing. Now this is an old Victorian, so it has an old school deep ringing doorbell that you hear throughout the house. One of the residents of the house came down and opened the door and looked out and saw nothing. So she went back upstairs to bed. My boyfriend and I thought it was kind of weird, but, you know, not our house. Maybe late night visitors were common. We fell back asleep and were then awakened again sometime later by the doorbell. We heard the roommate come down again and look outside the door and shut it. This time she walked into our room after and asked if we heard the doorbell, and we could tell she was weirded out. We told her not to open the door if it happens again, and all came to the conclusion it must be the doorbell malfunctioning or something. The roommate goes back upstairs, and we fall back asleep. Next, I wake up to one of the dogs growling the most deep-throated growl I have ever heard from him. He absolutely loves people, even if they are strangers, and we live in the downtown of a pretty major city so having him growl at something at night is not normal. We chalk it up to being in an unfamiliar house and tell him to be quiet. I fell asleep again. Next thing I know, I wake up to my boyfriend jumping out of the bed and literally smacking the big bay window about five feet away from our bed and yelling. There's a man's face standing in the window staring at us. My boyfriend immediately grabbed an axe, since we had been camping, it was right at hand, and chased this guy down the street. I'm sure whoever that creep was must have shit his pants. The whole commotion woke everyone up, and we stayed up for the rest of the night keeping guard. The scariest thing to me is that the guy was probably casing the house. If he wanted to rob it, there's no reason for him to ring the doorbell multiple times. He wanted to see if it was only the girl's home, depending on who came to the door. It still gives me the creeps just thinking about it. I'm in my 40s and thought today about an incident that occurred to me in the mid-90s, 1997 to be exact. Reading some of the other posts from young women and men really scared me. I want to share this story so that other young people will be vigilant about their own personal safety. In 1997, I was in the Army National Guard, enrolled in college, and also worked a part-time job. 
I was also a single mother with a four-year-old. I was juggling quite a bit, but always smiling and friendly. No one was a stranger. I was raised in a rural area, so that's just how most people were. I moved to a new apartment in the city, about five miles from my father's home, so I felt pretty safe. I had lived in my apartment about three weeks, when on one morning, while getting ready to leave for class, I heard a loud knock on my door. I opened it without questioning who it was. There was this massive guy that had to be at least 6'4 or 6'5 and maybe over 250 pounds. This guy was normal looking, very fit with a maintenance belt on. He tells me that he was the maintenance guy and needed to look at my power box, or electrical box as some call it, located in my room. I don't know how he knew where to go. I let him in. When I did, a severe sense of terror washed over me. I realized I'd made a mistake. I was alone with this guy who went right back to my room. I remember wanting to sit and eat, but the terror I felt was so strong I grabbed my backpack and rushed out to class. I was so scared to come home but didn't tell my dad. I don't know what I was thinking. I came home alone late at night, looked under my beds and my couch, and was relieved to find I was alone. I found a massive hole in my closet ceiling, large enough for a man to get through. A few days passed, and I had convinced myself that maybe he was the maintenance man. Maybe I was paranoid for no reason. I went to the apartment manager and asked her when the maintenance man would be up to repair the hole in my ceiling. She became pale and asked me to describe the guy. She then tells me he was not the maintenance guy. The actual maintenance man was an elderly gentleman who lived in the apartment below me. The hole was patched up and I never saw the stranger again. The guy looked so normal, muscular, tall, and not bad looking, but obviously a person with bad intentions. I looked up crimes where a man comes in posting as a maintenance man in the 90s, and there was a active from 1985 to 1998 in my state posing as a maintenance guy. He was caught and sent to prison, but I can't recall his name. Fake maintenance guy, I really hope you're still locked up and you get what you deserve. I was a high school student, living with my mother in a third floor apartment. I used to sleep in the living room because the apartment only had one bedroom and it was my mom's. I was happy with that little space I had. I was a happy kid. I always got up at 6am to go to school and my mom always got up at 5am to have time to shower and make breakfast before dropping me off at school and heading to work. That morning, I woke up and the lights were all on. Every single one of them, even the one in my room. I went to grab my phone and it wasn't there. Odd. I headed to the bathroom and saw all the drawers and doors of every furniture we had were open. I was deeply confused. Anyways, my mom came out of the bathroom and asked me what the hell I've been doing. I told her I didn't know what she was talking about and that I thought she did that since she is always up one hour earlier than I. 
I also asked if she'd seen my cell phone. Then I saw it, deep inside her green eyes, the realization. I could see the fear in all the pieces inside her head clicking in place. She leaped to the kitchen and found the window wide open, a kitchen knife on the ground, and some dusty footprints on the wall where someone put weight on to climb inside. It was then when my sleepy head put the pieces together too. Someone somehow climbed all the way up our balcony, got inside the apartment and robbed us. All while I was asleep in my bed, right there in the living room. She hugged me and asked me if I was okay. I said I never heard anything. Didn't even wake up with this unknown person turning the lights on and rummaging through our stuff. It was super weird. I have the lightest sleep since I have memory, and I still do many years later. They didn't dare open up my mom's bedroom door, so she didn't notice a thing. My grandma says that some angel protected me in my sleep, and that's why I didn't wake up. But I don't believe in that stuff. I don't think they knew I was there either. Police never found the robber, and we put still bars on the window. We moved anyways, some time after that. This happened when I was in high school. At least six years have passed. My mother and I moved from that apartment. Now I'm grown up and living with my boyfriend, but until today, I'm still paranoid and keep thinking why I didn't wake up, though I am grateful that I didn't. Writing this down was difficult for me, so please bear with me, especially if it seems rushed. When I was around 14, I had an appointment at a bank with my mom. She wanted to set up an account for me. So one afternoon, we were downtown in the bank building, and I remember feeling really bored by the whole process. It was that kind of dry financial stuff, and I would rather stay at home to play video games or something. My mom noticed after a few minutes and then confirmed with the bank employee that all I needed to do was sign the papers in the end and for everything else, I didn't really need to be there. Since we were already downtown, my mom gave me a bit of money and told me to go buy myself new clothes. I did not care about my appearance at all back then, so I always looked kind of slobbish. The whole thing would still take about an hour, and so it would be fine if I was back by then. I went to the mall first, since I knew there were some cheap stores in there. While I was browsing some clothes, I noticed an older man, I think around his 60s. There wasn't anything creepy or remarkable about him. I just thought it was weird seeing someone that age in a store for predominantly young people. I then proceeded to see this guy a few more times in the mall. At first I shrugged it off, but after a while... I realized he was actually following me. I even tried it out and made a little game out of it. It soon became clear he would always go into or near the same stores that I entered. Now, I was a naive boy. Besides from the fact that he was following me, there was nothing weird about this old man, so I couldn't even have imagined his actual intentions. I just thought he was some bored geezer who liked to play shop detective in his free time, and maybe he mistakenly thought I had stolen something when I was in the first store. 
Yep, I was pretty dumb back then. When I left the mall, the guy still followed me through the city. I wasn't scared, just slightly irritated, and I chose to ignore him for the time being, and just take care of the shopping. When I entered the next store, he didn't seem to follow me at first, but then while I was choosing some clothes in the upper level, I noticed him again a few shelves away. I went to the changing room. God, how can someone be that dumb? To try out some of the stuff, and while I was doing that, I heard slow steps very close to the booth I was in. I knew it was him, and I thought it was kind of creepy, but yeah, I still didn't get what was going on. He didn't linger there too long, but he still remained at the store, which I left after deciding not to buy anything. Now at this point, I kinda had enough. After leaving the building, I immediately hid behind one of the pillars which led to the entrance. I saw him come out of the store and look for me, but he didn't notice me and went away. I thought I was rid of him. The problem was, the bank building where my mother waited was in the same direction that the stalker just went. I decided it would be safer to wait a bit, so I went into the McDonald's opposite of the clothing store and got myself a burger. And then, while I was eating it outside of the McDonald's, the guy actually came back. At this point, I have had enough. It was obvious that guy wasn't any kind of shop detective, so what the hell did he want? I was really annoyed at him for following me and creeping me out, but I was also kind of curious what his deal was. God, I was so dumb. What I did next, please, never ever do this. I would have not have done this had I known what he wanted. I lured him away. At the end of the street, there was this nice breakfast place, which closes in the afternoon. So at that time, there weren't any people near the benches and chairs in front of the place. I sat down on one of the benches and nervously played around with my MP3 player. I knew what I was doing was dangerous, but my curiosity got the better of me, and as weird as it may sound, I felt also kind of thrilled to be honest. It didn't take long for the stalker to sit down on the bench opposite of mine. He didn't introduce himself or ask for my name. He just started making small talk and told me he's not from here, but I looked like I could show him around. This still felt really weird to me, but I was kind of relieved as he didn't come off as a bad guy. I know, dumb, dumb, dumb. I told him politely I didn't have time since I needed to go back to my mom soon. He asked if I had enough time to show him just one place. The park. I asked him which park he wanted to go to, but he replied any park will do. Something really started feeling off here. Luckily, there was one nearby, really easy to find. So I just started explaining directions to him, but he interrupted me saying he wanted me to take him there personally. I agreed and started to lead the way, but as we were walking, neither of us said anything, I slowly realized what was happening. I froze in place. He turned back and looked at me, asking if I did not want to go to the park with him anymore. I panicked and screamed, No! which caused a lot of people to turn towards us. This was happening in a busy, busy area. 
He just said, uh, uh, bye, and left, while I immediately ran back to the bank building to tell my mom what had just happened. She was still talking to the employee from before. She was present when I told my mom, but I was so shook I didn't care. My mom got angry and told me if anyone ever tried that again, I should kick their ass. Which is really questionable advice to give to a child, but that's kind of how my mom shows support. There is a lot of stuff I left out, but I feel like this is long enough already. Thank you for listening to my story, and always, always keep an eye out over your shoulder. I've always been borderline obsessive about locking my doors. I did it as a kid and as a teenager. I learned, through experience, that a locked door is at least a deterrent and can give someone warning that a person wants to illegally enter their space. It's something I'm known for, even at social gatherings. I'll lock doors behind me when I come in without even thinking about it. I've heard the line, well, who the hell locked it? followed by that flush of embarrassment because, of course, it was me, and now I have to say it. For over a decade, I've done nightly checks, because I can't sleep without doing so. Knowing this is a preface to my story, and highlights how strange the situation really is. I've just only moved here recently, about five months ago, from a way more heavily populated place in my state. The house where we reside is set far back from any apartment road, separated by two dirt roads and two private driveways. My rental's on another person's property, so you go down their private drive and off to the side is my own private drive. And I've never seen a pedestrian back here. Nice and very private, no one can even come here without explicit instructions, and often I still have to meet them down the road as GPS places my house a few fields to the south of where I really am. It's a paradise for people like me, who value their privacy and don't like having visitors without prior notice. The house is semi-surrounded by trees and brush, with a field on the other two sides. It took me a bit to get used to the rurality of it, hearing coyotes often, Sometimes cows screaming in the night, in the darkness of having no nearby sources of light, pollution, nearest town is over 20 miles away. But, get used to it, we did. Another relevant tidbit. I don't sleep in a completely dark house. I always leave lights on in a common area. Usually only one, but a light nevertheless. The back door leads into the trees, but it didn't feel so creepy. As a few yards in there is a six-foot tree wire fence, laden with vines and offering a further modicum of privacy. No one uses the back door. There's really no reason to. A month in, and I found myself locked out. Unfortunately, I often lock the door handle on my way out, out of reflex, really, as my conscious mind is the part where I know if I have my keys or not, but my subconscious takes over when I'm distracted. I knew I had only locked the handle on the back door and figured I could just pop it to get myself in. I checked the door out and it was pristine. None of those minute scratches that are present when you take a flat metal object and pop the lock on the cheap door itself. 
I didn't want to damage it, so I swallowed my embarrassment and called the landlord, admitting that I had locked myself out and needed back in. He came and let me in, and I worked on being more mindful. A little more than a week later, I wake up thirsty. I walk groggily to the kitchen, and as soon as I open my bedroom door, I realize it's way darker than it should be. My ever-burning light was out. I wonder briefly if there's a power outage, but I can hear my fan behind me in the room. I just vacated, so that can't be it. I take another step, and the hair strands stand up on the back of my neck. That feeling that someone's watching. Another step, and it's beyond feeling. It's a conviction. I turn my head to the left, where instinct say the person is standing. And for a split second, I'm relieved. No one's there. In the next instant, though, that belief abandons me as I notice I can see stars where only darkness should be. My back door is wide open. I take two very fast footsteps backwards, out of the view of anything that could be in the backyard. Knowing I'm responsible for more people's safety than just my own, I don't retreat for long, almost immediately stepping forward and further. I have to shut the door, of course. The entire path there, I just know someone's out there in the darkness, waiting until I'm close enough to snatch. I reach out into the pitch darkness for the knob, expecting to feel a hand close over mine at any second. After a moment of panic-driven fumbling, my hand reaches contact with the knob, and I pull it shut with a slam. I go to turn the lock and find it still engaged. Maybe, just maybe this once, the door wasn't completely shut, like maybe the latch hadn't fully engaged. The turned-off light remained a mystery. Both of my boys said it wasn't them, and that's very believable because they've never done it before. Both of them like having a light to find the bathroom and such, so I just write it off as strange, but nothing else was amiss, so it was just one of those things that'll never have a full explanation. From that point forward, I put my weight into the door anytime I check or lock it from my rare but occasional trips to the backyard. Life goes on, and I almost put it to the back of my mind until almost three weeks later. I wake from a nightmare. For the last ten years, I haven't had a dream I can remember, but I do occasionally have nightmare clusters. Mouth dry, bladder throbbing. It was one of those bad ones where you wake up making inarticulate sounds, trying to scream from a sleep-paralyzed mouth. Deja vu. After my bathroom trip, I emerge into a dark kitchen. Two steps in. Someone's watching. Door is wide open. A panic, quick retreat, followed by a fear-fueled moment of bravery, where I rush forward and close the door. Sure, at every moment that I'm about to be torn out into the night and slaughtered. Strange. I know for sure the door didn't pop on its own this time. What the f*** was going on? My adrenaline rush finally crashes as I lay in bed after, trying to figure this out. I left my bedroom door open this time, so I can hear any goings-on in the house and I finally fall back asleep with two hours to spare before I have to get up. When I get back up to wake up my boys, I'm halfway to the coffee maker before I see it. 
the facing door is open again. This time, no real feel of being observed, light still on in the kitchen. I do what I already should have done and check the door and jam for evidence of tampering. There's new scratches and bin marks where the aluminum gave when being pried. At least this means it's not a ghost. I don't really know what to do. Life goes on. Two weeks after that, the chickens pen 30 feet or so from my bedroom window crow long into the night. Even the hens are part of the show this time, with the hens making eerie little screams. It makes my sleep fitful, not very restful, and I wake up at 2 a.m. when my fan goes off. Power's out. Damn it. I get up to utilize the latrine and to light a couple kitchen candles to save anyone needing to get up in the night from traversing the house in the darkness. Two steps in, cue the hair on the back of my neck, and this time I can hear the crickets before I even turn my head. The door is, of course, open wide. After I survive another door shutting, I spend a lot of the day thinking about this. There was more damage, scratches, and gouges in the jam this morning. I try to rationalize how this can possibly be happening and can't think of anything that makes sense. Any innocent reasons I can attribute to it go out the window when I remember this has never happened even once in the daytime. I think maybe I missed the scratches, that they were already there and my paranoid brain told me they were worse, which could be feasible. All except for the day I got locked out, and I remember it was in such good condition that I didn't even have the heart to pop the door myself. I decide to change the deadbolts around. The front door has a square. Lead, maybe? Cord lock. The back has a sloping one that I'm honestly sure is actually backwards in the door. Work picks up. Life goes on. That night, I'm exhausted. Can't find my Phillips head. So in place of changing the locks, I put an errant Christmas decoration adorned with bells to place on the door handle and go to sleep. It's never happened two nights in a row. Anyway, I even considered setting up a camera but thought of that little fact in my musings. Plus, I'm honestly scared to see what it would catch. For once, I'm in bed early and I fall off as soon as my head hits the pillow. Cue the nightmares. This night, I wake the first time at midnight on the dot. Dark kitchen, back door open, scary as heck. Fall back asleep, wake up at 1.30, door open, mother f- Wake up at 3, and to my enormous relief, the doors close. Fall back asleep, right into a nightmare. In this nightmare, I can hear Christmas bells. I come upon a little girl with her back turned to me, and in that weird nightmare logic, I'm at first not afraid of her. I ask her what her name is. She responds with, Someone's coming. Someone's coming. Chanting it over and over. She starts to get louder, and after a few crescendoing repetitions, all the while Christmas bells as a background, she turns to me, jaw on her chest, mouth unnaturally wide, and screams, Someone's here! I pop awake. It's five, and a false dawn shines faintly through my window. I immediately get up to check the door. Of course, the kitchen is dark. The door's open. 
but surprisingly, no feel of being watched. It means like the danger has passed, like gun smoke in the air after the main event has passed. I closed the door, and to my absolute horror, I turned to find the Christmas bells laid neatly on my dryer, no longer attached to the door. I talked to my boys that morning, asked them if they had heard anything the night before. My 13-year-old says, Nothing, nothing at all, except, no, wait, I got up at 2.30 to pee and the back door was open, so I shut it. I ask him about the bells. He's pretty sure they were there, on the handle. I switched the locks. A few days ago, there was more damage to the door, but so far, the lock is holding. So, creepy door opening stranger, please, I'm getting tired of changing deadbolts, and quit breaking into my house, stealing nothing but my sense of security. I wanted to give it enough time to say for sure. This is for those wanting an update to the story. I think I know who it was now, but I still can't speak for motive. I set up the camera and waited. One night, after I fixed the lock, there were more scratches on the door, like someone tried again to pry the lock. The camera picked up nothing, and unfortunately, it doesn't pick up audio. About two weeks after my last post, there was one strange occurrence. I had left my bag in my car, with my allergy meds and nasal spray inside. I woke up in the night and couldn't breathe through my nose because I was getting a cold. I went outside through my front door and walked around the side of the house to the carport. I have one light out front, but it's just a standard porch light, so it doesn't reach very far. The edge of a pretty dense group of trees is about 30 feet out from my front door. It only stretches about 20 feet across, as there is a driveway on one side and a cleared field on the other. As I was walking out, I heard some movement in them. At first, I wasn't very concerned, as I live out in the country, and it's not uncommon to hear animal life out here. Most of them won't approach people, but I did note it and looked in that direction. The combination of low light and the density on the trees and brush made trying to see what made the noise pretty futile, but I didn't see anything. I reached into my car and grabbed my bag and walked back towards my house. The noise repeated, but sounded an awful lot like a heavy, bipedal animal. I stopped near my stairs and turned to try and see, but as soon as I had looked, the noises stopped. I could have been wrong, but it was strange that looking halted the noises, like whatever was out there was watching and seeing me look. I said, Hello? Is there anyone out there? Nothing just silence. I stood there looking for a minute, goosebumps from head to toe. I yelled again, nothing. What made it worse was there was no insect sounds either, which I'm sure was not part of it, but creepy nonetheless. For a solid minute, I just looked, trying to will my eyes to see whatever was the cause of the noises. I turned to walk up my stairs, and whatever or whoever it was, took off in the opposite direction. I'm quite positive it was a person. It went through the brush away from me at first, but within a few steps, 
It had broke to the left for the darkened driveway on that side. It was definitely someone on two feet and heavy. The sound of those running footsteps will stay with me for a very long time. I'm so glad they were going in the other direction. The next day, I went and checked my dirt driveway. There were footprints, but there were others among them from the crew work that had happened the day before. In my neighborhood, there is a group of people who live there that grades the roads and does light tree work. It's needed and appreciated because even a slight storm can knock down road-blocking branches. I go out and help sometimes. It's quite nice. There were a few sets, and one set in particular had a wide stride, with divots from pushing off at speed. Once I got to where the driveway met the dirt road, there was no way to trace where they had gone. Of course, by then, the prints had already been obliterated by the tire tracks of early risers. As far as evidence goes, it wasn't much. I mean, they could have been made the day before. After that, nothing. All was quiet. No more strange sounds in the night. No more waking up to an open door. Strangely enough, I've learned to trust my instincts through this. But I never again walked into my house and felt watched. Or not alone. All of this only makes sense in context. So let me tell you what I later learned. After a month or so of this piece, I was feeling pretty good. I didn't know why it had all of a sudden stopped. Even if whoever was in the trees that night was a perpetrator. I doubt I had scared them off, even that night, let alone completely. I tried not to question good fortune, but I was curious as to what the heck had happened. Why had any of this at all happened? What was the goal? Why did it all of a sudden feel as if whatever cloud I had been living under was lifted? I truly believe every single time I felt watched during that night was legit now. It wasn't just me, because I felt it when it was gone. It's too much to be coincidental with the timing. Here's the reason I think this, and my theory. I was talking with my landlord one afternoon. He lives close by, and when I see him out, I often walk over. He also comes over occasionally when he sees me. He had been pretty busy lately, not only with all the social groups and such that he's in, but he had also been doing a lot of traveling. So, for a month or so, I hadn't really talked to him. Our conversation meandered to the topic of the neighbor to my left side. He was a strange one, but up until this point... He seemed quite harmless. He spent most of his time in the house. I thought it was because of maybe a slight agoraphobia, as he rarely went anywhere and seemed to have most things delivered. I know, I know, writing this now, there's already lots of foreshadowing that I should have seen, but people rarely see things like this when they are actively in the situation. I didn't know the guy well, but he wasn't super friendly. The mornings I would see him out in his robe and boxers, on his porch or in his yard, I would wave and he never waves back, with the exception of once. I think that once was an accident, like he half waved and seemed to realize who I was and dropped his hand. My landlord told me this in conversation that he was quite sure the guy had a very outdated opinion on women. 
I had mentioned he never waved, and that's what he responded with. The reason he guessed he didn't. Here's the interesting point, though. He said something to the effect of, I don't think you'll have to worry about that anymore, as in his antisocial attitude. So I, of course, asked him why. He was of the opinion that the house was about to be foreclosed on and that he had made a run for it early. Basically, that he went to live with family or hooked a rental before the police showed up to formally evict. He wasn't sure, though. It wasn't just a hypothesis. I thought maybe he was on disability or something prior to this, as he never seemed to go to work, but he clearly had some way to pay his bills, or so I thought. I started to pay more attention, and I think my landlord is correct. The sheriff's office showed up with papers one day, but as far as I had seen, no one came to the door. His yard isn't overgrown, but it is mostly covered in leaves. Besides, no one has really had to cut their grass due to the weather. I don't know for sure, but the house feels empty. There's also a tent that has been set up in his backyard for about two months. Some people don't take very good care of their things, but up till a few months ago, I wouldn't have thought that was in his character, as he did take care of his yard pretty well and kept all his tools properly housed. A good indicator would be a vehicle, of course, but I'd never seen a vehicle there to begin with. It could have been in the garage, though, so I'm not sure if he was just careless or always put his car up or whatever. Today, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to knock. I hope he's not laying dead in there, but I would really think I would have smelled him by now if so, even with the cooler weather. Not to be morbid or anything, I just have to consider it as a possibility. I haven't seen him since a day or so before the tree footsteps, which is strange, but I really just don't know at this point. Anyways, the leading hypothesis in my mind is that it was him. I can't speak for motive, though. Maybe he was working himself up to do something worse. Maybe he was just trying to scare me off. Or maybe he had some type of mental issue and the whole thing was part of some plan I'll never understand. What I do know is that ever since the time near when it's guessed he took off, I've had zero issues. I haven't come home to an empty house with the feeling that someone had just left. I haven't had very small things come up misplaced when I swore up and down I put it where it no longer was. No waking up in the middle of the night swearing someone was just staring at me, only to look out of my bedroom door into a pitch black house with an open back door. I didn't have any idea he was gone, but there has been a noticeable atmosphere difference. The feelings change was subtle, and since I had no idea what the cause was, I couldn't say for sure that was different. All I know was I went from desperately wanting to move to getting pretty comfortable in my own home. I will update after I knock, but you can see why it took me a bit to write a real update. It's a lot easier to write about something happening than it is to write about the absence of action. I was giving it enough time to make sure, and the conversation with my landlord made things fall into place. I like to think the best of people, I really do, so even though he was considered a suspect, even when I wrote the original, I thought it was possible. It just seemed so outlandish. 
The one thing, though, as I think I mentioned before, there is a camera that sees part of my property that doesn't belong to me. And coincidentally, the problems were occurring in the side of the yard the camera could not see. While a simple recon would show the camera for what it was quickly, there is a red light on it, which is very visible at night, which, to an outsider, wouldn't immediately scream camera. Anyone breaking the law would be wary of it on sight. A neighbor would know even better what the weak spots were, which is anything beyond the house's front. So... The next time that you have a hunch that you're being watched or maybe you're finding your doors open for no reason, install the cameras, call your police and file a report, and always keep yourself protected. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true disturbing break-in stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, please take care of yourselves. I'll read to you soon. Have yourselves a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night.
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.